Give him a clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. All the glory goes to your Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what we might do is sing this song over again and have my brother on the guitar up there just serenade y'all again. My goodness. I don't understand how we're not just jumping over pews and going nuts right now. Good Lord. Right on, brother. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you're doing this morning, Lord, and for the fact that you brought us here today. Lord, there's a lot of things that are happening in our lives. But the only constant, literally, the only constant is you. The only constant is your spirit. The only constant is your word. And Father, when we don't know where else to return, we return back to your word. We return to your spirit. We return to who you are. Because Father, you are in control of everything. We may not understand it. We may not like it. Lord, we may not be able to put all of the pieces together and figure it out but Lord we know that everything works out for the good of those who love you and Lord this is the body this morning uh, who says that we love you this morning Father we love you I pray that we say that we love you Lord we love you we praise your name this morning and God I pray for your spirit to be here and we don't want to move forward until we feel your spirit Lord until uh, we encounter your spirit and God it's on a level that we've never we've never experienced before we come with things we come with baggage we come with stuff God what you're saying this morning is give it to me let me take it because my burden is easy and my yoke is light so father that's what we do we give you what we're going through we give you uh, our physical ailments father our mental things that we're going through uh, in our minds lord our mental gymnastics we give it all to you this morning so we just ask for you to be here we love you we thank you in jesus name everybody said amen y'all can be seated you guys can go ahead and just play while i'm preaching if you want <laughs> every time i say something i'm into that i'm saying we might do it we might do it new building new new uh, way of doing things that's how we'll categorize that. Well, welcome this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today is the day that the Lord has made. Amen? Amen? We got a choice. We can rejoice and be glad in it, or we can go the opposite direction. Let's rejoice and be glad, because we, uh, we woke up this morning. Um, yeah. Continuing in the book of Nehemiah. Um, last week was... Uh, it was interesting, simply because the Lord said, hey, look, no notes, buddy. I don't want you to do it that way today. And he brought some things that were, um, that were convicting to me as well, as a, as a pastor. Simply putting in front of you guys, do you walk into any church, have you in your past, or do you with Eases saying, what can she do for me? Rather than, how can I serve the house of God? And that was illuminated through Nehemiah verses 10 through 19. In the repopulation of Jerusalem, we see these people that come in. The Lord gives us a, a detailed list of the background of each one of these individuals. And they're all unified around one thing. And it's the service to the house of the Lord. Simply just asking you guys the same question. Uh, are, are you here to get what you can get? Or are you here to serve? Smacks me in the face as well, as as a leader, as a pastor. That um, 
There's a phrase that Rick uses quite a bit, and I've learned a lot from Rick Richter as far as being a pastor. And he says, don't feed on the sheep. Feed the sheep. Y'all ain't here to help a bug out and, you know, pad my pockets and all that. That's not it. I'm here to serve each and every one of you. And at the end of the day, there's times where I feel good about that. Hey, it was a great day today. <laughs> and there's times where it's like, wow, you missed it. You missed it. Uh, but the Lord is always saying, man, as long as you are doing the work that I've asked you to do, and you're submitted to my will, I'll take care of it. Kind of leave your feelings at the front door, because I just, I want to use what I put in you. I want to use the gold that's in each and every one of you guys. Uh, continuing in Nehemiah, we're going to be looking at the uh, uh, last half, if you will, of Nehemiah 11. And we're going to be looking at verses 20 through the end of the chapter, verse 36. Now, I'm not going to read through the whole thing as much as there's more. Amen? There's more. Uh, I appreciate that there is so much more in the Word that uh, you can read the same passage day after day after day. And it will say something different to you every single time. Um, because there's just a deepening that the Spirit will allow when you choose to stick your head into the Scriptures. Last week, I explained to you kind of what we, what we went through and it brought us to this question, taking a second look at our language and our thinking and asking the question in regards to my purpose here in Four Columns, is my language backwards? Is my thinking backwards? Simply put, when explaining what I do, does my job title come first? And being a Christian come second? Or is it the other way around? I am simply a follower of Christ and everything else is icing on the cake. You guys chucking with me on that? What I love about the Lord is that He will never leave you hanging. He will say, here's what you need to do. And then right after that, he'll say, here's how you to do it. And it's all in Scripture. It's all in Scripture. The underlying theme, in the, again, the entire chapter of 11 is service. God, your motivation. God is saying to us, your motivation should be to serve and to give. And then... He shows us how to do that from two different vantage points. The first we looked at, verses 10 through 19, um, excuse me, verses 1 through 19, that he gives us a picture of the first vantage point. There's two ways in which you are called, I believe, to serve. Uh, That first vantage point, if we look at the very first uh, verse in chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 11, I'm sorry, It says, now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem. Alright? It gives us the first vantage point that some of us in here are called to ESS leadership. You're called to church leadership. Uh, And that looks like the leader of a ministry, the leader of the women's ministry, the men's ministry, the mercy ministry, the uh, head of operations that we see that as a ministry, the children's, all of that stuff. The leaders were called to live in Jerusalem. There are some in here today you're not currently on. Leadership? But I'm going to say this. The Lord might be calling you to that. What about everyone else? The second vantage point, ladies and gentlemen, is this. It, it comes in verse 20. 
a picture of the second vantage point. And it says this, the rest of Israel. That's big. The rest, of the, the rest of Israel, of the priests and of the Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, each on his own inheritance. Now, the Lord may not be calling you to a leadership role. He might not be calling you to be, to sit on our leadership or sit on our staff or, you know, aspire to be a, uh, uh, an elder. Um, but the day you accepted Christ, I want us to make sure that we really, really get this. The day you accepted the Lord into your life, there was a transformation that happened. Amen. Can we all agree on that? It's transformation that happened and it's, it's littered all throughout the Gospels, what this transformation looked like. You moved from things being about you to things being about Christ and being about His body and about His house and everything that He is. Now, if you could with me very quickly, this is not in your bulletin, but if you could write this cross-reference down, it's Second Corinthians 10, 3-6. And I'm going to turn over there real quick. And this, is, this gives us a little bit of a snapshot of this transformation. And this is all the introduction. I want to I set this up for you so we can really understand that there's this group of people who were called to, to be leaders within Jerusalem. There was this group of people who were called to be leaders within Eosis on leadership. But what about the rest of us? What about everyone else who, okay, we have leadership meetings. There's only about 20 people in there. There's a lot of faces in here who I don't see are in that leadership meeting. What about you guys? Um, this, is, this is the rest of Israel. There's a purpose for you as well. And it comes by way of, of this. Second uh, Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 sheds light on one of many byproducts of this transformation. And let me just start reading this in verse 3. It says... For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And then it goes on. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely power for the, for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Verse 6, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is incomplete. It's complete, excuse me. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. See, the transformation that happened goes from the Lord, uh, let me say this, you seeing things as the world would see, to seeing things in the Spirit. To not going after your circumstance, or excuse me, confronting your circumstance with fleshly eyes or worldly eyes. But through the Spirit, there's this transformation from now, I don't see the things of this world. I may be, how do I say this? This is in Scripture. I may be in the world. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm in the world, but not of the world. Alright? Now here's what that leads me to say. When you accepted Christ into your life, there was this transformation that caused this. Cause for you to say, look, I'm not from here. There's times where Beck gets up and he's, you know, doing his mini message thing and uh, for the announcements. I love it. He's always got something good to say. I heard him say that. This is 
three, four months ago. He's just doing his thing. And he says, look, guys, we're not from here. Do you realize that because of the transformation that happened in your heart, because of Jesus Christ, that we're, no longer, we're not from this fleshly, earthly realm. You are not a... Let me back up a second. You are a spiritual being trying to figure out this physical world. You are not a physical being trying to understand the spirit. All of that happened because of a transformation right here. Are you checking with me this morning? Amen? Alright. Because of that transformation. Let me say this. Why would the Lord give you the ability to see in the spirit, to war in the spirit, to, to discern in the spirit, and then have you not do anything with it? Your purpose, our purpose, is to do something with which he, with that which he has put in us. Why would he give me the ability to discern a situation where somebody needs something from the Lord and then not minister in that situation? So here's what I'm getting at. Because Jesus is right here, because you've been transformed, ministry is not something where you open up this door and there's a switch right here that's labeled ministry and you flip it on and flip it off. (laughs) Choose to step into it and step out of it. Because you got Jesus sitting right here, ministry for you and for us, ladies and gentlemen, whether you are sitting on a leadership board or anything like that, is 24-7, 100% of the time. Now, sometimes it's hard to accept. Sometimes it's like, Lord, I just get so tired of ministry, blah, 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 blah. Now, that's your flesh speaking, okay? But that doesn't negate the call. It doesn't negate the truth. The truth of the matter is that you are to be an ambassador for Christ everywhere you go. You are a representation of Him taking where you're from, you're not from here, but taking where you're from and inserting it, being a tool in which the gospel, where you're from, Jesus Christ, is inserted into your circumstance. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. good so we looked at verse uh, 20 let's, uh, let's jump back over to Nehemiah here and this gives us a an understanding of the rest of the people that just because you weren't living in Jerusalem didn't mean you weren't responsible for some type of ministry or some type of leadership and what I want to be able to communicate to us today is that as I'm looking at everyone in the crowd this morning there's something that you're responsible for not just as a an attendee of ESS Christ Fellowship but let's break it down to the least common denominator because you are a follower of Christ so I want to I want to look at it from that perspective and then again confront you with the question how are you going to serve and I'm not sitting up here with my arms crossed like all right Taking notes on how everyone in here is going to serve, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing that. I'm just asking, I'm posing that question to you. When you go home, you walk out your front door, are you thinking, man, these are all the things I got to do today, blah, 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 blah. Or is it, God, how am I going to serve you today? How am I going to worship you in what I'm doing today? How am I going to add to the kingdom today? Amen? Let's get into the scripture and Alex will stop talking. It's great. Now, I already read verse 20. I'm going to read it again, verse 20 through 
24, we see a couple different ways in which people are serving. Which I believe not only apply to, maybe this is a way that you could serve at Eases. Who knows? That'd be a good thing. I also think that it applies to this is the way we're supposed to serve, period. So let's look at those, those few things. Again, it says the rest of Israel... Here are the people who are outside of the walls of the priests and of the Levites were in all. I'm going to stop right there. All. Now, just so you know, the Greek translation of the word all, the Hebrew translation of the word all, the Aramaic translation of that word, English, Chinese, Japanese, we let, go down the list. Guess what it means? All. Thank you. Yeah, you guys know where I'm going with that. So here's what it what it's saying to me. The rest of Israel was everywhere in Judah. There was not a place where there wasn't representation. You know what would be cool? I don't know if we would be able to or how we would be able to measure this. But are there believers in every single business in Fort Collins, Colorado? And if there's not, it should be our goal to make that happen. Are there uh, Christians in believers in uh, those who are in Roles that have to do with media and entertainment. And we could go through all five spheres. Business, media, entertainment, government, schools, and the church. Are we everywhere? We need to be. We need to be. All the cities of Judah, each on his own inheritance. Now, each on his own inheritance according to what was given. Now, I just want you to know that you don't have to lose who you are to serve the Lord. I hear that sometimes. Well, that just means I'm just going to have to give up everything that I've ever wanted to do. I'm not going to be able to build what I want to build. <laughs> you and your narrative kind of starts to beep, beep, beep. The Lord's like, hey, let's simmer that down a little bit. All right? He wants you to do it through the, the uniqueness that is you. According to each person's inheritance. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. He made you and he threw away the mold. Because the uniqueness of you, there's only one of you. And what Jesus looks like coming through you is only specific to this filter. Amen? That's how important you are. That's how unique you are. Alright? You guys chuckle with me? Chuckle with the brother? Having fun this morning. I like it. It's not too hot. In here, I'm not like sweating, you know. It's just the atmosphere is good. I like it. We get an understanding that it's talking about all the people outside of the walls, right? And then it says, but, and it denotes something that's different, like a however. It says this, but the temple servants were living in Ophel, and Ziha and Gishpa were in charge of the temple servants. Now I think there's there's some significant things in that. And first you gotta understand what an Ophel is. Now Ophel is is a region of Jerusalem that's the name of that region. But it's kinda like it I don't want to call it a suburb of Jerusalem as much as the name that was given to this area of Jerusalem was specific to the definition of that word. Ophel means a swelling or a rise. So this is an area of Jerusalem that was a little bit higher than the rest of Jerusalem. And it looked down on the temple, right? And they called it Ophel. It's kind of like saying there's an aurora in every big city. Aurora is a suburb of Denver. Well, you don't go to L.A. and all of a sudden there's an aurora, 
of L.A. or an aurora of San Diego. See, we're just simply saying that the reason why it was named Ophel was because of its geographical location, but there's significance to that. It's still on the inside of the walls. Here we're talking about all the people on the outside of the walls, but here's a group of people, the temple servants, who are on the inside, a little bit elevated place for a purpose. It speaks two things, I believe. And maybe this is a way in which you could serve. I don't know, asking that question. I think it speaks of proximity and availability. That that only not, that not only speaks to the leaders who are leaders here at ESIS, but the entire body of Christ. My proximity, not only physically, okay, I'm not asking you to buy one of these houses in these neighborhoods and just say, all right, pastor said proximity, now I got to live in the neighborhood that's right next to the church. As much as the church is more so the body. It's the people. It's not the building nowadays. Is your heart in a place where it's close? Is your head, your thoughts in a place where it's close to what Jesus is doing with his body? Proximity. The temple servants. They were giving themselves serving in a way that allowed them to be close to the temple. And availability. Now I've heard this before. And I'm going to say it to you guys this morning. When it comes to what the Lord is asking you to step into. Pregnant pause. When it comes to what he's asking you to step into. Are you interruptible? In your daily routine. Are you available? Are you available for him to use you at a moment's notice? Being interruptible is like. Uh, to, to be honest with you, for me, I, I think about that question and I say, well, if I, if I walk into the church with the mindset that I'm here to serve, then the question of being ir- interruptible becomes irrelevant because I have the right motivation to begin with. But I am going to pose that question to you today. Are you available to the point where you're interruptible, that you're driving somewhere and you, you want to go there and it's, <laughs> let's just use the gym? Man, I'm trying to get to the gym, trying to do what I need to do, right? It's me time. <laughs> Somebody calls, hey, I need you. Can we talk? I got to go do that. Am I interruptible? That's something that we can pull from this. Is that a characteristic that we, that we hold? And then these two names, Ziha and Gishpa. Ziha comes from a long line of servants to the house of God. So basically, it's in this boy's blood to serve. Now, what does it say in the New Testament about the Lord coming not to... What? Anyone? Be served, but to serve. Guess what? Servanthood is in our blood. Amen? Because we operate under this new covenant. Jesus Christ. Then you got this other guy, Gishpa. And the the, uh, translation of his, the meaning of his name is soothing. That's interesting to me. Maybe the Lord is asking you to serve in a way that allows for everything in the house of the Lord or at Eusis. I'm just posing questions here. Maybe it's in you. Maybe a lot of fire in somebody. To make sure everything goes goes well. On a Sunday morning, making sure that everything is set up. Making sure that 
the bulletins are taken care of, making sure that pastor's mic doesn't flip on and off. They got batteries in it. I, I tell you what, the amount of times that we've had that happen, not only at the Hilton, but at 363, crackling and just all kinds of whatever. Maybe the Lord's asking you to devote yourself to things running smoothly in the house of God. You guys with me on that? But I also say this. I feel as though when we submit that the smoothness will come. I'm not saying it always be easy. But you will get the answers from the Lord quicker than you think. When you're doing His will. When you're in... Yeah, when you're in line with His heart. Does that make sense? Alright. I'm going to do the best I can to get through this in the next 10 minutes or so. There's a lot. Because I want to translate this back to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. We, we looked at that last week. We're going to look at it again this week. Um... Verses 14, 15, and 16. We looked at 11, 12, and 13 last week. But then we got this dude. Now the overseer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Ozi. You think his name's pronounced Uzi, but it's an O at the front. The son of, and you got the list of all these people, and at the end of that verse, it says, from the sons of Asaph, who were the singers for the service of the house of God. Now, I believe there's massive significance to this. Massive. This overseer, Ozi, his name means strong. And he comes from descendants of worshipers. Of worshipers. There's something very important about worship that the Lord is trying to tell us in here. Now, I'm not asking everybody in here to question, all right, are you going to be the next worship leader at ESS? You know what I'm saying? Jared, you got to get going, buddy, because people are coming. All right? But Jared's responsibility, as as we've communicated through the job description of the worship leader, is to make sure we create a culture of worship. That every Sunday morning, Our aim is to cut through the flesh so that the spirit can get in there and that the word can be illuminated. That's the whole purpose. That's why I was like, guys, worship. Let's jump into worship because worship is a weapon. This man is in charge of one of the most powerful weapons in Jerusalem. Now it says in Jerusalem. Now the overseer of the Levites in Jerusalem. Here's what I'm, here's what this is getting at this morning. He's an overseer of a weapon like worship. Requires a strong individual. But just as Jerusalem is supposed to be a, an example to the rest of the nation. This man's job is to make sure that worship is clearly and, uh, how do I say it, well represented from Jerusalem to the rest of the priests and the Levites and everyone else who was all in all of Judah. You guys trucking with me on that? So how does that relate to us? Next few verses. It's great stuff. i got to not get too far away from my Bible here. We'll come back to this, but I want to get to the end of this verse and work up. It says, For there was a commandment from the king concerning them and a firm regulation for the song leaders day by day. That means these boys were on it all the time. What would that mean for us worship-wise? Every single thing that you do could be song. We, we, we don't see the list of things that they're, they're required to do. It could be that there's a group of people who 
This group is supposed to sing from 9 to 10 and this group from 10 to 11. We don't know. Alright? But what we do know is that worship is a lifestyle. It's something that you don't just do on a Sunday morning from 9 o'clock to 9.35. Or if you come to the second service from 10.45 to 11.15, 11.20, whenever we calm it down on worship. The way you speak to one another is worship. The way you go to work in your car when people are crazy on the road is worship. Alright? Singing. Hallelujah. That, yeah, we know that to be worship. How you treat your spouse. Are you worshiping God the way you treat your spouse? You guys chuckle with me on that there? Worship is something that happens. It is a, excuse me, an expectation that it's a day by day thing. But here's where it comes from. It says there was a commandment from the king. Now this could be a couple different people. It could be King David or it could be the king of Persia who at the time was King Artaxerxes. You can go back to Haggai to get a date for that. Now, the reason why it's leaning more towards the king of Persia, uh, King Artaxerxes and not King David is because King David died uh, 970 BC. History lesson, don't fall asleep on me, alright? Now, Nehemiah, this, when this is written, is four, uh, 445 BC. So he's been gone for a while. But here's the thing, when King David was in, in power, he set up, um, uh, the, in, in, fir, uh, First Chronicles, ver, uh, chapter 23 through 26, you will see in there, uh, the ways in which the Levites are supposed to handle themselves. So, there's an understanding that this commandment, this, decree or whatever it is uh, excuse me commandment from the king a firm regulation came from that here's what I have to say about it and again this is Alex alright and uh, just take this for what it's worth because we want scripture to interpret scripture and I always tell you don't take my word for it but when I read this does it matter what king it came from as much as it's a commandment and it's something that is of serious significance and that we should take that into our own lives and say, look, it's in the word for a reason. We could go back and forth on what king it is, day in and day out. But is worship something that's important to me more so than just singing on a Sunday morning or listening to Caleb on the way to work? Amen? That's something he's asking all of us to do. That's a peace. Right there. And then we get to this next guy. And I gotta, I gotta go quick with this. Uh, I just wanna make sure that I get, I get on this stuff. This, this, uh, verse 24. Excuse me. I have to say this guy's name, this guy's name right. It's Pesachia. Gotta get the in there. A little phlegmy business. Alright. Now what his, his name means it's freed by Jehovah. But it says, Pethahiah, the son of Meshezbel, of the sons of Zerah, the sons of Judah, was the king's representative in all the matters concerning the people. Now here again we got this king, and I think that if King David's long gone, then what king is being represented here? It's probably King Persia, uh, King of Persia. Uh, King Artaxerxes. So that gives a little bit more padding to the verse that's above that one. But nonetheless, this dude resides in Jerusalem because the king doesn't. So he is the representative for the king concerning all the people. 
And I love this word representative. Because that, synonyms for that word are an ambassador. A mouthpiece. Alright? In the way that I serve outside of the church, on the football team, as a social worker, librarian, running a business, your own personal business, am I bringing, like I said before, where I'm from into my current situation as an as an ambassador, being a representative for Jesus Christ. Now you, now the, you got to understand here: the king's not in Jerusalem, but guess what? King resides in us. Amen. Amen. He he's right here, mm-hmm. and we are his representative when we go out into the community in front of non-believers, even believers alike. Does that make sense? Uh, I just want to make sure that we we see the significance of each one of these roles. Uh, Serving, worship, being a representative. Now there's a ton more in all these scriptures. I really wish, we might again, we might hit this again next week. Um, Because there's some stuff that I'm I'm not able to get to this morning because I want to make sure that we get to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So you guys with me this morning up until now? So we just we we just got done seeing a few different ways we can all serve or are called to serve. That's not specifically church leadership, but it's more so connected to our relationship with the Lord. Now here's the last piece of this. From verses 25 to 36, we get a list of all of the towns, the villages, the places. Um, that were highlighted to us as you begin reading and you look at where these specific towns were it it starts off with listing areas of the north north of Jerusalem then areas south of Jerusalem and then in verses from 30 to 31 it's the west part of Judah west of Jerusalem Uh, verse 31 the sons of Benjamin who also lived in there's the north side right there and that's just you know me digging into Googling each one of those names, figuring out where they are. But it gives a, an understanding of north, south, and east, and west. So, what I think is significant, if we, if we turn back really quickly to Nehemiah 10, to get an understanding of more of the rest of Israel, alright, and maybe your role as the rest of the body of Christ, who doesn't necessarily sit in a leadership role. I'm going to read verses 28 and 29. Now, if you remember from the time that we were preaching this, that here is the document that was being signed, the agreement. And what was being communicated to the Lord was, we've confessed our sins, we realize how bad we are, how good you are, and here's what we want to do. We want to make an agreement to return to the original. The conduct of all of these people in all of these other cities is right here in verses 30 through 39. This is what they did on a daily basis. So, okay, here's what we can do on a daily basis. 
But verses 28 and 29, here's how we connect these. It says, now the rest of the people, here we go, beyond the walls. The priests, the Levites, and the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, all those who had knowledge and understanding. And here it is, are joining with their kinsmen, their nobles, and are taking on themselves a curse and an oath to walk in God's law. Which was given through Moses, God's servant, and to keep and to observe all the commandments of God our Lord and his ordinances and his statutes. Man, everyone who is in all the cities said that this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to return to. Now they had the heads of the uh, of the tribes of the of the people sign this document, and that's verses one through twenty seven. Uh, in chapter 10 but as you read through 30 through 39 I'm just going to read the first couple verses and just show you some of the significance of this and it says at that we will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take their daughters for our sons as for the peoples of the land who bring wares or any grain on Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or a holy day, and we will forego the crops, the seventh year, and the exaction of every debt. Verse 32. We also placed ourselves under obligation to contribute. Now whatever is said after that, we can go through that, we can pick that apart. We have also placed ourselves under obligation to contribute. I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you or uh, appealing, that's a better word, appealing to you today. Do you feel a spiritual obligation to contribute to what's going on here? If you do, amen. And I pray that the Lord turns up the heat on that one. Because everybody in here has a peace. Alright? Now, I'm getting a little over here and I don't want to go through this too much um, without looking at Ephesians 4 11 through 16 jump over to Ephesians for me I want to show you how this fits into our foundational scripture here I explained to you last week he gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in the deficiency that has been illuminated in each one of those. But when every single one of those pieces is operating correctly, here's what it looks like. The apostle governs. Okay? Um, the prophet guides. These are all G words, okay? The evangelist gathers. Alright? Now, pastor's job is to guard. And a teacher, his purpose is to ground. Alright? You get some of that from Beck on a Wednesday night. Boy can teach, boy can teach. Can be some times when I'm going to get him up here, you know, break him in in the new building, he's going to blow y'all away. Alright? I'm very blessed to have him walking with a brother. Amen? Amen. Yeah. That was for you, son. Out there. <laughs> But all of those working together, that's, that's what they're, they're meant to do. 
for the equipping of the saints for the working of the service to build up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to a, the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Jesus Christ we understand that Jesus is the measuring stick amen so when every single piece is working together when I'm out in the community doing my piece you're out in the community community doing your piece and we're all serving unif- unified around one thing service As a result, verse 14, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, it is, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Now, verse 16 is, is kind of what I'm going to close with here. And as we do that, let's get prepared for offering. Let's bring our, our worship team back up. It says, From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. You remember when I told you the Lord made you and threw away the mold? You supply something to these joints that nobody else can. I honestly need you to understand that. And that's not fun pastor things to say from the pulpit. I'm sure you could Google that and there'd be a whole list of things. I'm saying to you this morning, you are so important to this. In scripture, it says, uh, being held and fitted, fitted together by what every joint supplies, here it is, according to the proper working of each individual part. Causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The proper working of each individual part. Sarah Ruta said, You have a prop, you have a piece. Jim, you got a piece. Everybody in here has got a piece. I get nervous trying to remember everybody's names, I just go blank. Everybody's got a piece that when it comes together, whether you're on the inside of the walls or the outside of the walls, it begins to not only build each one of us up in love, but it builds this community up to the point where ESS becomes a, um, just a model to the rest of the city. You become a representative to your social environment. And guess what? These seats get filled with new believers. These seats get get filled with people who don't know Jesus and then they knew him because you were bold enough to make your peace work. We can't do it without representation from CSU or any of the schools here or the businesses or whatever you're involved in. This message was exciting for me to preach because it comes more by way of encouragement than it does like, hey guys, we got to get our lives right. <laughs> Let's come up here with this, with this offering this morning. Father, we thank you as these men approach God that uh, whatever this, whatever's put in here this morning, Lord, that you would bless it and that we would understand that there's a peace that um, that we are to to give. Father, in your word, in chapter 10 of Nehemiah, Lord, we, we see that there's an obligation in many ways to give, Father. I pray that this morning we can, we can give joyfully, uh, give finances, Father, because 
Again, in your word, it says that if we test you in this area, you will you will rise to the occasion. And so, Father, we love you for who you are, and we don't ever want to uh, not do what your word asks us to do. So bless the offering uh, as it is passed. And bless what's put in there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this morning... Did everybody get get that word? Everybody get it? There's a a walking in leadership, in who Christ has asked you to be, in being a follower of Christ that I'm hoping that we understand through this message this morning is that it's not something you can flip on or flip off. That if you have that switch... I'm asking the Lord to burn that switch off. That you will see your social environment as your ministry. Regardless of if you sit on Jesus' leadership or not. But here's what I want to do this morning. That if part of this message hit you to the point where you want to say, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to receive this leadership. I'm ready to receive this viewpoint. I'm ready to kind of move away from padding myself and just simply with reckless abandonment doing the work of God. If that's in you this morning and you you just want to receive that call, I just want you to throw your hand up in the air if you're ready for that. A lot of times, I shouldn't say, are you ready? Because the Lord never asks you if you're ready. He just says, I'm going to do this to you. But if you want to receive that and, and let today be the day that you just kind of let go of everything else, just put your hand up. This isn't a, an, a, an altar call or a you know come to Jesus call. I'm just saying, do you want to receive the call that's on your life? Do you want to receive it? Yeah. Amen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask one more time. Do you want to receive it this morning? More. Do you want to receive more of what you've already been given? Amen. There it is. So as you see these hands up, those of you who are on ESS leadership, here's what I need you to do. I need you to find one of these people, and I need you to pray that the Lord would increase in them this viewpoint, increase in them a willingness to step into the call. That's what I believe the response is this morning. If you want it, I'm just going to have ESS leadership pray for you. Throw your hands up one more time. Put your hands in the air. Come on, Jesus. Now, I need I need some people to get around these people real quick. We're going to pray for them. Come real close. If you can, just extend the hand out now. This is the, the body taking care of the body this morning. Did I miss any up here? We good? All right. All right. Now... For where you're sitting and you're not close to somebody, I just need you to kind of extend a hand towards the nearest person who is who is being prayed for, alright? Because it's just 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 extend the hand out for them. Alright? Now as I pray, leaders, I need you to pray as well. Okay? People who 
have your hands extended, I need you to pray as well. Amen? Here we go. Father God, this morning, on this day, the day that you have made, that we choose to rejoice and be glad, and we consider it pure joy to endure trials, Father, that produce in us endurance. And that endurance, Father, is going to be made perfect. I pray for each one of these people, Lord, who threw their hand up, saying, I want to accept more of this call. That that call, Lord, is going to cause them to be, uh, to walk in higher places. To endure things that most people wouldn't endure. Or don't have the, the, the fortitude, testing fortitude to endure, Father. But it's this willing act right now, them throwing their hands up and saying, God, I want more of you. I want more of this call. Lord, I pray that you give it to them. I pray that... What is being prayed around them right now would speak to them, would speak to that, that would build them up, that would admonish them, that would turn their shoulders towards the cross, Father, towards you, and realize that inside the walls, outside the walls, it doesn't matter. Today I'm saying I'm a follower of Christ, and that's it. So I pray for a double, triple portion of wisdom understanding and discernment to be on every single one of these people in this room. Not only the ones who are being laid hands on right now, Father, but those who have their hands extended, the obedience in that, Father, bless them as well. But through the power of your Holy Spirit, build us up, Lord, so that the proper working of each individual part, we can see the fullness of that, Lord. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this song and we'll get y'all out of here. Thank you for this morning. We glorify your name. We understand that we are we are just so lost. Father, without your spirit, without your word, without your direction, there's nothing we can do separate from you. We want to walk from this place, Lord, understanding and, and, and having a, a heightened sense of discernment towards ways in which we can serve you, serve the church, serve the body of Christ. Father, protect every single individual from the enemy who walks from this place, Lord. I pray a hedge of protection around them. Father, that they would be mighty warriors who would rise to the occasion, Father, when you tap on their shoulder. Lord, we love you. We want to give this morning to you. We are willing to be interrupted. We want to be available. We just want to serve. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen.